This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The walls in the 53rd precinct were bleeding. How do you explain that? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Oh, your eminence. We're in a real fix here. What do you think I should do? Lenny, officially, the church will not take any position on the religious implications of these uh, phenomena. Hmm. Personally, Lenny, I think it's a sign from God. Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on. And welcome to another episode of Three Yards Per Carry. This is the episode where we preview the New York Jets this week. And if you're just joining us, you just heard what I would call exclusive sound from a meeting at Davy this week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, Meeting on hell on uh, hell on earth. Yes, it's not a good thing. We do not have Simon here because he's somewhere over the Atlantic and he's in a plane. Don't worry, you know. No, I think Simon has gone to live in a, a you know a monastery somewhere. I think he's just <laughs> done with all of it. <laughs> yeah, if he keeps watching this team, he will be. But yes, he is somewhere over the Atlantic, getting ready to gallivant about the fruited plain the coming two weeks. Gallivanting on the fruited plane, no less. Yes, yes, yeah. He's going to be uh, actually the fruited plane because he's going to be in the good old Midwest of the United States of America. Remember the birdcage, like you know, when when the um, the politician father is like describing his his cross country road trip. Yes, in boring terms possible, and he's just like purple mountains, <laughs> purple mountains, Majesty. <laughs> yes i love that's, that his character simon's gonna but he's he, he will describe it so much better but still yeah gene hackman in in that movie was so good that's yeah, just fantastic trade deadline we wanted to get to the trade deadline enough of the nonsense um the trade deadline came and went uh this this week and the miami dolphins of course uh did nothing absolutely nothing uh they they grabbed a few street free agents and we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I felt like a like a, a top shelf jackass actually, because I kind of teased to people on Twitter um, that that there were some things going on behind, and there were um, there were some things going on behind the scenes. But um, 
that, you know, this could be an interesting trade deadline for the Miami Dolphins because of what I knew, what conversations I knew to be going on back there. And, of course, I always get burned for this. Always, always, always. And, uh, and sure enough, the, de- the day of the deadline comes and goes. And any offers that the Dolphins put on the table were rejected. Any offers that came in on the Dolphins were not good enough. And all the decisions were across the board made to pretty much not do anything. And so any of the physicals that I heard about, any of the, um, you know, information sharing that had been going on between the Dolphins and and other teams, all for not, nothing happened. Um, They signed Ziggy Hood, the defensive end, defensive tackle, and they signed Sylvester Williams, the defensive tackle, you're going to talk about it know, later. So nothing for us, but was there anything, Alf, that happened elsewhere around the league that you were maybe jealous of or that stood out to you as actually, you know, being something that, that might be really cool? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, it's obviously Golden Tate to Philadelphia, but on the Dolphins, I will say this. Uh, I heard early that day that they had some interest in HaHa Clinton Dix, and then I later heard that they really didn't offer anything of note, that, they, that the talks never really went anywhere. They just had some interest. I also heard that they had some interest based on a rumor on Carlos Dunlap of the hmm. Cincinnati Bengals, defensive end, but they never offered anything. I was Do you not suppose told- that they just wanted to bring him in to somehow take some sort of revenge on him for screwing up Tannehill's shoulder? That, that would make a lot of sense if they did that. <laughs> but uh, I Make heard, this right, Carlos. Yes, but nothing really came of any of those things. They didn't offer anything. Uh, there's some anecdotal evidence that teams called in about Cam Wake. I was not told that, that they actually got any talks or any offers, any hard offers. I, I believe Jason Lockhanfora kind of confirmed that Cameron Wake was um, – was among was among the Rams' options uh, yeah. as a pass rusher. Uh, they ended up, of course, with Dante Fowler of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they gave up a third-round pick for. But Cam Wake was on their list, according to Jason Locke and Fora. And um, I believe Cameron Wolf of ESPN also reported, I believe he reported anyway, that the Dolphins did receive an offer on Cameron Wake but that they did not take it. Yeah, I heard very early on, and I heard it all throughout the week, that they had several offers on Devontae Parker. Now, obviously, if they had several offers, that means that they rejected all of them. Yes, so, they did. And like, I, like we said before, we have no idea, and we wouldn't know what was the compensation that was offered. And like mm-hmm. I said in the previous spot, if you ever hear anybody talking about very detailed compensation for a player in a trade, it's probably a lie. Okay, because it, it'll point to basically two guys that would handle that. Yeah. Okay. Well, also, you, you, you could hear that. You could hear that from the other team. I mean, there's always two sides. There's That's two true, sides too. People, so. That's true, uh, too. So it's possible. But, um, but yeah, in this case, you know, and, and these – these trade cotton terms get tossed. Remember, we're talking about like hypotheticals and yes. and like you know things, con- fluid conversations and stuff. And and so this this is this is even worse than the game of telephone that you played when you were a kid. It's like this is um, you know telephone in a uh, in a soundproof room, like trying to read each other's lips. Uh, so it's never I, I find it hard to trust those sorts of reports as well I, I, I hear what you're saying on there but we did receive you know 
offers on Devontae Parker, and they said no. And obvious reason being, uh, they're missing Albert Wilson for the rest of the year, and uh, Kenny Stills is banged up. They only had three receivers really worth putting on the field against the Houston Texans. They looked pretty good, I thought, personally. Yeah. Um, but they only had the three, and they are, they are an 11 personnel team. They're a three-wide receiver team. They use it the second most of any team in the league. Only the only the Rams use it more than they do. And um, and so to trade away a Devontae Parker all of a sudden would surely that would be that would signal the give up. That would that would say, well, season's over. You know, we're we're done. Yeah. And we're just not ready for that. So um, so I, yeah. I, it's hard to blame Adam Gase there. As far as the rest of the league, like I said earlier, I love that trade for the Eagles because. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our listeners who are listening to us right now, the defending Super Bowl champions have scored, the Philadelphia Eagles have scored four more points than your Miami Dolphins. Yeah, with Carson Wentz at quarterback, you know, nearly the entire time. Yes. So that's, you're talking that, about a team that is clearly, and I'm talking clearly better than the Miami Dolphins, especially on offense because that offensive line has – Maybe three guys better than anybody we have on our team. And, you know, I understand that Tunsil's having an elite year, so I guess you could put Tunsil in there with them. But that offensive line is absolutely legitimate. They have two great tight ends, a good quarterback. They always seem to find running backs, so who cares? Alshon Jeffrey's a top-notch wide receiver, and they're very, very well coached. They only scored four more points than we did. So they obviously needed the offensive help. And they're adding a really, really good slot receiver in Golden Tate. He is. He's as we've said before, and we've described him. He's one of those analytics dynamos. Um, very efficient player, always has been. Speaking of, you were you were mentioning that the Philadelphia Eagles had only scored four more points. The Buffalo Bills, whom we still get to play twice, uh, have scored literally half as many points as the Miami Dolphins. Yep, eighty-seven points versus one hundred seventy-four. That's half. Well, you can bet all of those games. You can bet those outcomes with our great sponsor, Bet the Assign. Here's Simon to tell you all about them. So you hear me bang on about this every week, but it is time for Bet DSI. They are our excellent sponsors. If you are a gambling person, I am not, but if you are, then these are the guys you need to go to. Why? Well, most people seem to bet online these days, and most people seem to bet on their phones, so they have an outstanding mobile interface. They've been in the game for 20 years and pretty much they dominate the market because they are the best at what they do and they're going to offer you essentially free cash which you cannot grumble at so in the modern era in the modern day who is going to turn their nose up at free money i certainly wouldn't you certainly wouldn't and if you do then you are a moron and frankly you know my opinion about morons so get in the game these bet dsi boys they don't mess about you want to put a bet on you want to go down the track you want to bet on football, you want to bet on the NCAA. I mean, next weekend, November 3rd, the the games in the NCAA are ridiculous. College football, there's about 15 absolute classics. It's going to be one of the great weekends. Get your bets on now with the guys at BetDSI. Esports, MMA, boxing. I mean, there's a great Deontay Wilder against uh, Tyson Fury coming up. The Premier League is back this weekend after the international break. Want a line on it? They've got a line on it. They'll get you a bet on it. They even do like presidential stuff. I bet they even do the Oscars. They've got everything. So join today. Use the code, code YARDS101. That's YARDS, Y-A-R-D-S, YARDS101. 
one. Get in the game, get paid today, get free dollars for betting. Free dollars for betting. A couple of weeks ago, Florida State, Miami, if you put £100 on Miami to win and Miami lost, you'd get your $100 back. I said 100 quid, I'm English. You get your $100 back. You don't even lose anything. Astonishing value. BetDSI.com. They are the people to bet with. And we're back. And of course, uh, that's our great sponsor, BetDSI. And that was the voice of Simon Clancy. Uh, I guess you could call the spokesman for Bet DSI on the Three Yards <laughs> Per Carry podcast. But of course, Simon Clancy is somewhere over the Atlantic, and we do have news to get to. Yeah. Uh, so to bring you up to date on this, we were the first five reasons, uh, three yards per carry. We were the first guys to tell you that. Uh, well, first off, we were the first guys to tell you that Ryan Tannehill's shoulder wasn't right during the practice week um, of uh, heading into the Bears game. But uh, but on Saturday night, when Ryan Tannehill had only just appeared on the injury report heading into the Bears game and was questionable and most everybody in the media were sort of dismissing it as he's most likely to play we were the first ones to tell you that he was more he was more in fact doubtful to play and then the rest of the media caught up the next day then we told you that he wasn't going to play in the Detroit Lions game or the Houston Texans game because of what we were hearing, what we were privy to. And sure enough, Adam Gase ended up confirming that he won't play against the Detroit Lions. And then he confirmed later on that he won't play against the Houston Texans. Um, Ten days ago, Ten days ago, we were, we talked about this. We gave you an update. We said that there were no setbacks, but that uh, but that the time frame or of uh, the evaluation time frame is starting to come into a clearer focus. And what we meant by that is that he's not even going to be evaluated as far as his throwing for another ten days. And what we took from that is that's a really tight timeline if he's going to try and play in this New York Jets game to not even be evaluated until basically today or yesterday, you know, um, as far as his ability to throw the football. Uh, and that was 10 days ago that we told you that, that he's just not, he's, we can't, we can't foresee him being able to play in the Jets game. And sure enough, we've, we've basically found out this week, he's not going to play in the Jets game. Now we're telling you, and this is, you know, I have this from pretty good sources that there has no, there has not been any setback. Uh, with Ryan Tannehill let's get that out of the way but there also hasn't been any progress his strength is not coming back the way they would like to see it coming back when they said that they were going to have them they're 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 going to have them throw and evaluate them a little bit in 10 days now we're right about at that at that time frame and the throwing you know he's not allowed to throw beyond seven yards yet and so you know clearly not going to play in this Jets game but with him not having made progress in the strength department the way that they would have hoped not only is he not going to play in the Jets game but it's very hard to imagine him playing in the Packers game and I'll tell you why seven days from now is going to be you know the Wednesday practices heading into the Green Bay Packers game a road game and so seven days from now he would need to be ready to go in these practices ready to practice with the team and be a full go full throwing uh, ability and right now we don't seem to be close to that uh and the strength is not coming back the way that you know ideally they would hope that it would at this point it's hard to imagine him coming back until at least after the bye week so, yeah i would and i would and i would add that it's not really a a pain management thing because if it were a pain management thing he would have already played he would have played absolutely. a couple of weeks ago it's about this is about and, strength this is yeah, about it's strength. about strength and it's about ability it's about being able to pass an evaluation which mm-hmm. As, as you're reporting, and as I concur, he's not going to be evaluated until late next week, which means 
he likely won't play against the Green Bay Packers. Now, to other news on this team, they signed Ziggy Hood. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on him? I had none other than other than in my limited experience, having watched him over, you know, probably the last time would be, be maybe two years ago. Um, first off, I never liked him coming out of the draft. I was not a fan. Uh, okay. But uh, I just – I he – he doesn't strike me as a good player. I hate I hate to be down on a Dolphins player, but I mean it's just I don't I don't see it. Well, he's a ten year vet, so you know, yeah. like like they're just hoping that he's going to bring some some vet savvy and try to help this run defense however he can. Now the other guy that they signed, Sylvester mm. Williams, him I like. Okay, mm. a couple of years ago he was a free agent and he was on everybody's list as far as like you know this is the guy that that you buy right now and you got yourself a pro bowler for a while. Now, who knows? Maybe he's, you know, some type of problem child and we don't know Mm -hmm. much about it, but he's a good player. Like had Mm -hmm. they signed him or had they traded for him instead of a King Spence in the off season, we wouldn't have batted an eye because I think he's that kind of player. He's a capable NFL player. He's, he's been a starter on some really, really good defenses. And I have the numbers right here in front of me. He was, a starter on four defenses that ranked number seven, number two, number three, and number four against the run. And he was a, a starter on three defenses that ranked number inside the top five overall. Uh, last, yeah, It's not a bad resume. And the last time that we saw him play a lot was not 100 years ago because he's only 29 years, 29 <laughs> years old. He played last year for the Tennessee Titans. He started 11 of 15 games, and he was on a – pretty damn good defense and he started the playoff game against the the new england patriots so which was the divisional round okay now he finds himself on the detroit lions obviously it's a different type of system than what he was used to and he started four games and they played uh, depth chart bingo with him most of the year and he finds himself on the street and he finds himself now in a miami dolphins uniform and i think you know, like, trust me, what, you, what I, when I tell you, you're not going to go out and fight an Aaron Donald in week eight, oh, right? But I would consider Sylvester Williams to be as good a player as you'll ever find in week eight without trading an asset for him, okay? So I, I, I'm actually pretty optimistic about this signing. He's a very capable defensive tackle. It reminds me a little bit of a couple weeks ago when they picked up Wesley Johnson and we it was sort of panned as a um, – as you know, because he was supposedly the worst player in football, evidently uh, according to PFF, um, a couple of years back. Yeah, and uh, and the Dolphins picked him up, and I, I started looking at him, looking at his preseason tape, and I remembered him going all the way back to when he was coming out of Ver- Vanderbilt, and he's a solid player. And sure enough, the the few times that we had seen him this year for the Dolphins coming in, he's been very solid. In fact, I think he should start over Ted Larson. Uh, he I played. Agree. He played a significant portion of the last week's game, and he was better than Ted Larson. And um, and I think that he should be starting. And Simon brought up the issue, you know, uh, through a long season, he apparently cannot stop losing weight. And um, and that's, you know, that's been an issue in his career. And uh, so maybe he's helped now by the fact that he's sort of a late addition to the roster and he's not playing until just now. So I don't know, maybe. But um, but this reminds me of that Sylvester Williams does. And thematically, also, you get Ziggy Hood, who's sort of a – a three-four defensive end um, or defensive big defense. He's played some nose tackle, I believe, too, for Pittsburgh uh, once upon a time. And then you get Sylvester Williams. What is that? That's run defense. That's that's Adam Gase. That's the front office saying, "All right, enough of this. You know, we have a type thing. 
for the the defensive lineman on the uh, the wide nine technique, you know, pseudo system. No more of that garbage. We're getting run. We're getting run stuffers. Uh, we're tired of this. We're not giving up 200 yards a game anymore. Yes. So uh, that's what this is. That's that's what this is. And so on on that to that end, they might play right away. Yeah, and I, especially Sylvester Williams because he played six games already this year. Okay, mm-hmm. so he should he should be plugged in right away into the rotation. Now, yep. for people who don't know who the hell this guy is, okay, if you remember back to Super Bowl Fifty, in which the Denver Broncos won and they had that great defense, uh, he was a starting defensive tackle on that team. He mm-hmm. is the guy that dropped an interception from Cam <laughs> Newton in the third quarter. Okay. Way to bring up the low light. Yeah, but, well, you know, he, he had two tackles in that game, and he had what is in the box score as a pass defensed. <laughs> okay? But he's a 6'2", 330-pound uh, guy. So Former first-round pick. Yeah, so he's not a guy that you expect to just catch passes from Cam Newton, okay? Mm. But that's who that guy is. He's a pretty damn good player. And especially to get him this late in the season, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, you know, he plugs in right away and – I think he'll help us. He'll help us, especially for this year. And to be honest with you, I don't see no reason why he's not a camp invite, and he could probably make the team next year as a rotation defensive tackle. So I'm I'm interested though because they dropped Maurice Smith. They ended up getting him back on the practice squad, but he was the third safety, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick is technically the third safety, but um, you know, if Minka Fitzpatrick were to this is this is sort of they went back and forth remember uh, when when Rashad Jones wasn't playing yeah who's gonna play safe is, is it going to be Minka Fitzpatrick going back and playing safety and then Bobby has to move inside and Tory McTire becomes the next man up or uh or is it going to be you know uh, Minka Fitzpatrick stays in the slot and Bobby McCain stays on the outside and then Maurice Smith comes in at safety and and replaces Rashad Jones so you know functionally speaking Maurice was the third safety uh he was cut and put on the practice squad that's usually that's that's a high on the depth higher pretty high on the depth chart player to just you know play games with that way and I wonder if it signals a little anything different about what they're going to do with Minka mm-hmm. um especially after the Texans really exposed the Dolphins to a lot of negative press yes. uh, or keeping Minka off the field for half of the downs. Mm. By the way, the New York Jets are going to do that, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they kept him off the field for half the downs just by putting, just by putting Miami's base defense on the field. And Minka doesn't have a spot on the base defense yet. And so uh, I wonder if something's cooking there, and that's why Maurice Smith is now – not important to have on the roster the third safety is no longer important to have on the roster because in fact the third safety is back to being just make a Fitzpatrick and um, and maybe even not the third safety maybe just the second safety yeah well there is a game to play and they will be playing the New York Jets this weekend so when we come back from break we will get into the matchups and hopefully God willing my God please Let's win this game and go five and four. But first, these words. Hey, it's Seth Levitt from the Fish Tank here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. When I'm not riding OJ's coattails in the tank, I'm, well, riding Jason Taylor's coattails at the Jason Taylor Foundation. And this Monday night, November 5th, we've got one of our most popular fundraising events taking place as the Miami Dolphins legend and first ballot Hall of Famer hosts the 15th annual JT's Ping Pong Smash presented by Publix at the Seminole Hard Rock Event Center in Hollywood. Join JT and some of South Florida's best, including 
including current and former Dolphins players, cheerleaders, local media personalities, and more as they team up with generous community members like yourself to play in the original Celebrity Doubles Table Tennis Tournament. Yes, OJ will be there, as will Ethan Skolnick and a number of your favorite Five Reasons personalities. The Smash is a great night out for families, as it also features interactive games, haircuts, the Best Buy Fun Zone, and more. So come on out to JT's Ping Pong Smash 15 this Monday night, November 5th. Doors open at 5.30 p.m., and admission for spectators is just a $5 donation. Remember, it's at the Seminole Hard Rock Event Center, so park in the Winner's Way Garage. For more information, visit jasontaylorfoundation.org or call 954-424-0799. This is the 5 Reason Sports Network, Miami Sports On Demand. We now have 13 podcasts on the network posting roughly 15 times per week, all absolutely free. Find all of our shows on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Podbean. Plus, become a member of our patron feed and you'll get even more fresh content. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Here's some of what you missed last week on Cinco Razones when they talked to George Sedano. No, están frustrados, no, yo lo entiendo, yo entiendo. Y, y Pat Riley también está frustrado. Van ya dos veces que le ha colgado el teléfono a Tom Thibodeau y le ha dicho que se vaya para el carajo. <laughs> if you want to get involved as a sponsor or a contributor, reach out to us at number five Reason Sports on Twitter. Don't forget to punch five reasons in your search bar and then hit subscribe. And we're back. And the, you just heard about JT's ping pong tournament. I asked Ethan if I could play in the tournament, and he told me it's only for celebrities. And I was like, <laughs> and I was dumbfounded. I'm like, you know, come on, man. I'm like, I'm the host of, you know, I'm one of the hosts on Three Yards Per Carry. Kind of, Aren't you I'm, a podcaster of note? Yes, I'm a podcaster of note. So I should be playing in this in this fucking thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yes, you know, uh, they're they're a sponsor of, uh, of us for the for the week, and we're proud to to help JT's foundation try to get people to enter. And Absolutely. of course, you could buy tickets, you know, just listen to the, that ad and jot down the phone number, call and get yourself a ticket. Go watch. It's a good event. It's at, at the Hard Rock here in Hollywood, which is a pretty fun place. But let me tell you about another great sponsor of ours, and that's BetQL. Want to get an edge over Vegas and the books? BetQL is available for download, and it's the only mobile app that puts all the important research you need to make smart bets in one place. With BetQL, you can easily access line movement to see how the lines have moved. This app gives you access to public betting trends in real time so you can see which side the public favors. BetQL's powerful algorithm gives users value bets of the day based off of detailed recent and historical trends. You can also calculate your return on your picks and track them throughout the day. The best part of all is that you can download BetQL for free from your Apple or Android device. Head to BetQL.co to download the only app you need to outsmart Vegas. That's BetQL.co. BetQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. And speaking of BetQL, they have us as solid favorites this week to win a oh game. Can you believe that? Uh, no, no, I had I forgotten what it was like. I, I know it's only been two weeks, you know, but it's been two horrific losses in a row. But I forgot what it was like to win a game. Well, Becuel kind of says, favored. "Yeah, my God, we're favored by three points. Like that's a field goal. That's the a field natural, goal, Chris. Home, the natural home field advantage. <laughs> yeah, my God. You know, so 
can they win this game? Well, uh-huh. we'll have our predictions a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But first, Chris, we played this team already. Beat them oh, yeah. on the road. Definitely. So so naturally you would say, oh, my God, you know, then, you know, this is a gimme. We were playing them at home. Well, it was a little bit different. Back then we knew how to play yeah. run defense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And back then we had Ryan Tannehill. Now, Ryan Tannehill was pretty damn good in the first half of that Jets game. Then was not so good in the second half, although he made a couple of plays. What do you see this time around? What I see, so, I mean, obviously, Sam Darnold has progressed uh, since the last time we, we, we met him. And that's, that's one big factor here. Um, but at the same time, you and I were talking about this already. You know, for as much as the Dolphins are injured and Miami has dealt with a lot that way and still are, but looking at the Jets injury report this week, you know, they're dealing with quite a bit themselves. Yes. And, um, and so Quincy Inunua was not practicing and Robbie Anderson was not practicing. And after what Will Fuller just did to Miami last week, you don't want Robbie Anderson playing because no. you don't want the Jets getting any ideas here. No. Because um, Robbie Anderson will kill you. He's a really good receiver. Uh, so, so, I mean, if he's out and Quincy Inunua ends up out too, um, that would be huge for Miami uh, in, in terms of advantage and maybe getting some interceptions out of Sam Darnold. The Jets aren't very efficient passing out of 11 personnel. Um, and the Dolphins' defense is pretty good at defending 11 personnel. And so, you know, the Jets do favor 11 personnel. Uh, they do some other things. We'll talk about, about that in a minute. But, you know, if, if Quincy Inunua and Robbie Anderson are out, then 11 personnel, it's going to be – their three wide receiver offense is going to suck, or you have to imagine. Uh, yeah. and, and Miami will – you know, they, they still do have pretty good coverage guys in Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick, certainly Bobby McCain, if he's healthy. And, you know, I, we were, we were talking about this earlier, but I have a little bit of a pet peeve with how that, that play that Will Fuller beat Bobby on for, you know, a b- billion yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, it started off on the left side, the left, not, not quite the sideline, but you know, the left numbers and Will Fuller dragged Bobby all the way to the right numbers you know, uh, about 45 yards down the field. It was a, it was about a 55-yard run mm-hmm. overall that Will Fuller dragged Bobby McCain, you know, in, in sort of single man coverage. And, and guess, you know, uh, from one side to the other, diagonal, which means that cushion doesn't come into it. It's just a, it's just a friggin' foot race. And – Guess what? Will Fuller ran a four two eight. Bobby McCain ran a four four five or a four four three or something like that. It you know he's faster. <laughs> he's a lot. He's not just faster. He's a lot faster. You know yeah. if that's, if that's what you're asking Bobby to do, then you failed as a defensive coordinator. Something happened on that play that you didn't. You know, I, and I I know we've talked about T.J. McDonald clamping down on that that dig route and not being there to help over top, and Bobby sort of like pointing up and saying, "Where's the help?" Um, but you know, also the pass rush should have should have gotten there because it takes time for a Will Fuller to to cross that much distance, that much green, and uh, and the quarterback should never have that much, that amount of time. Still, you know. You can't let that happen. You just can't let that happen. You can't let those those deep crosses happen against Bobby McCain in man coverage. And if Robbie Anderson were there, 
then you can bet the Jets would just lift it right off the tape and do it. So, um, so if he's not playing, that's a huge, that's a huge uh, development for Miami. Now, let me tell you another, another one who is a huge, huge development for Miami, and that is Bilal Powell. And I'll, oh, tell, yeah. you, and I'll tell you why. It, our Heat brethren have this thing called the RSHK, and what they call the RSHK is the Random Scrub Heat Killer. They're all over the league. They're usually very average players that whenever they see the Miami Heat uniform, they light them up and they're a problem. Is that well, Bellinelli? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bellinelli is one of them. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Uh, Marcus Thornton is another one, of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the Heat have one on their team that used to be one, which is Wayne Ellington. Yes. Okay. But that originally started as a Dolphin phenomenon, and it started with a Jet running back. And his name was Freeman McNeil. Do you remember him? <laughs> of course. Okay, Freeman McNeil. He was not a, him in Tecmo. He, he was not a scrub, but he was a absolutely average running back, okay, <laughs> for the day. Absolutely average. Like, uh, if you looked up the word average in the dictionary, it showed a picture of Freeman McNeil inexplicably, okay? He used to absolutely destroy the Dolphins. He looked like Walter Payton against the Dolphins. Well, Bilal Powell has turned into that guy in the modern day. He will not be there. He is out for the not year. anymore. Yes, so we caught a huge break. And if I look at their running back stable, you know, Isaiah Crowell is a good player. He is. But, He's good. Give him credit. But can he carry the complete load? Can he catch, you know, the eight or nine passes that Bilal Powell can catch to turn out our lights? No. And who the hell is Trenton Cannon? Who the hell is that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> I had, a, I had a difficult time there myself, I have to admit. Okay, I, like uh, this team looks pretty thin, the one that's coming in here. So this sets up as a, dare I say, a must win? Yeah. Well, definitely. Yes, the Dolphins are in – I I loathe that term. I don't like using it, especially people use it way earlier in the year than, than they should. But at this point, you've nearly lost five in a row. Uh, yes. You did end up coming up out on top somehow against the Chicago Bears. It was great. We enjoyed it at the time. But um, but you very nearly lost five in a row. Uh, you've lost four out of five. Your defense is getting destroyed. Uh, you're now in this territory with Ryan Tannehill where, you know, strength isn't coming back in the shoulder. Do we keep trying this? Do we keep, you know, waiting and waiting and uh, and rehabbing him and doing everything that we can to try and get him back? Or do we just, you know, shelf them for the rest of the year? Yeah. And, uh, and, and if you take a loss, probably start leaning toward the shelf. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and not only that, oh, it, yeah, this, this game is, is yeah, this game is such a must win that if they were to lose this game, then the game against Green Bay becomes a must win. And when I mean must win, it means if you lose, the season is over. Yes. Four and six okay. Absolutely. So you only have very little leeway the rest of the year. You are allowed to lose to the Green Bay Packers. You are allowed to lose to the Minnesota Vikings. You should try to win the rest of the games. Okay? The AFC games, the, and the, in particular the AFC East. I mean, that's absolutely the, the, okay. It's needed. It's necessary. And I will say this: uh, you mentioned Bilal Powell taking being out. Um, meaning that the Jets are taking a hit on their run offense. 
Uh, the run defense, Steve McClendon is also ailing this week. He did not practice. I don't know what his status will be for the game, but he did not practice. And um, and it was with an injury. So uh, if he's not in, that's a good that's a good deal for Miami because he is a surprising good defensive lineman that tends to give Miami fits on the interior. Um, so you you, you want to see him out if uh, if that's going to happen. But the one thing that kind of – I don't know what you think about this. I'll get your opinion. But kind of sneaks into the back of my head here. You know, is Brock Osweiler already sort of unraveling a little bit? And I don't mean unraveling because he can't – he all of a sudden can't run the offense. We know he can run the offense. Mm -hmm. But the problem that's sneaking in the last couple weeks is we're starting to see some of those ridiculously bad plays. Yes. The kind that lose you the game. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's – you know that's exactly what you would what you would think if if you were to bet money before the season started and be like, okay, Brock Osweiler's going to have to start, you know, four or five games for you. What's going to happen? You're like, he's going to make some really bad plays and he's going to lose you some games. And are we are we reaching? Is this like exactly the point right when right when we're being favored in this game? Is this the perfect opportunity to get you know backup quarterbacked? Uh, you know, essentially the Ray Lucas moment uh, where the backup just, you know, you, you had everything in place, but the backup lost to the game. I'll tell you what, I think he's, I think Brock, Brock Osweiler will be just fine. Okay. If we're at home, which we are, okay. That's right. and our defense is competent. Okay. Okay. How you're going to see, and it was a strange thing that we didn't see it against a really good defense against the Chicago Bears when we went down almost two scores and we actually did go down two scores at one point. We did. We did. 11 points. He actually played better the yeah, rest of the way. Like that's usually when you're going to see all hell break loose is when there's a little bit of pressure applied to the quarterback position where now he has to make plays or if not, the game is lost. I think that's where you're going to see him completely unravel from here on in. But you're going to have to see some pretty boring football for this team to win games in the very near future especially with Brock Osweiler running the show. So yeah. uh, I think some simplification, like I said, man, you know, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world if you become a little bit more boring and you run the ball a lot and you try to build in two shot plays to try to get lucky maybe once a game. As simple as possible would be best. Yeah. I did not like against the – and I, I'm, I'm all for, for, for super aggressive play. Right. Uh, I have zero problem with that onside kick like the people that are that, that yeah. were ripping the onside kick on i mean on Twitter, i was bad because they didn't get it but yeah exactly if they <laughs> get it if they get it we're all beating our chest about you know oh my god you know you know we're back in this thing no defense no. couldn't stop anybody at that point so you might as well just not let the defense have to be on the field yeah the score was 28 to 20 at that point okay so obviously what what adam gates is thinking is okay we're i'm down eight points here man yeah. let me just try to get the ball really quickly and you know, worst case scenario, I'll kick another field goal, and it's twenty-eight to twenty-three, and then I'll kick off because then oh, I'm yeah, only no, down five. He also had no faith in the defense. That... Exactly. So I'm all for aggressive play. What I was not for was the uber aggressive play at the end of the first half, where you have Brock Osweiler throwing it all over the lot in empty backfields. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Because when once we got to, to midfield, well, that's and that's we're... Case. He uses a lot of empty. Okay, and we were down fourteen to ten. Once we got to midfield and we're down fourteen to ten, I was thinking to myself, you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world here. If we run it right here on this third and 11, get seven yards and kick a 52-yard field goal. 
to go down 14-13 at the half. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead, you know, he was throwing deep uh, against that secondary. It was pretty aggressive. Now is not the time for that. Well, I will say this, though. Um, to my point about are we ripe to really experience the full Brock Osweiler, you know, experience. Um, this week he said, and this was an interesting statement, but he said that his goal is to play so well that even when Tannehill gets injured or gets back from his injury and is healthy, Tannehill still ain't coming out. He, mm-hmm. he ain't coming back on the field because it's Brock Osweiler's team now. Mm-hmm. And Brock Osweiler, I think your reach exceeds your grasp. <laughs> unless unless uh, what he's planning on doing is being so safe. Playing Tannehill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try, maybe trying to be Uber Tannehill from like 2014. You know what I mean? Or maybe Chad Pennington like. He jinxed himself. That's, I'm, I'm going to say it. He jinxed himself. Um, you think he jinxed that, himself? I, I have experience with a jinx. I'm, I'm, I, jinx, I jinx people all the time. And, you, don't uh, think, you don't think that he looked himself in the mirror as he was shaving on, like, let's say, Monday morning and thought to himself, my God, if I put up like a 95 quarterback rating the rest of the way here, I'll get fifteen million dollars next year, and that's why he's going to throw five interceptions. Exactly why. <laughs> you really so, but can you throw five interceptions if you're throwing every ball five yards? Yes. <laughs> well, then Mark we're doomed. Osweiler, Dan. <laughs> well, then we're doomed. <laughs> well, it's let's just get to six. prediction. We've we, we have six, gone rock six. Yeah, we have gone long enough. Let's okay. go to predictions. First up, Chris. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna predict scared uh, of of Brock Osweiler, even though I should be um, I should be very afraid. Um, but uh, oh no, now I'm rethinking myself because I'm going to add to the jinx because Brock has already jinxed it. It's clear, and and so now I'm going to add to the jinx if I pick the Dolphins to beat the Jets. So, but I'm going to do it anyway. I can't. I, I haven't I haven't picked scared of Brock Osweiler yet, and I'm not going to. Um, the, the Dolphins would win this game with Tannehill. Uh, the Dolphins should win this game with Brock Osweiler. Uh, the, the injury situation for the Jets and the matchups favor the Dolphins because the, the, the Jets are not good passing out of 11 personnel, and they're going to try to do that. Um, they could try to do that thing that the Texans did where they just put our base defense out on the field by going 12 personnel over and over and over again. Um, and if they do that, then they could actually – have some success against us we'll we'll find out we'll see but i think the dolphins have some things up their sleeves in particular for that you know for that possibility after what happened against the texans so um so i think that even if they try and go there miami will have something for that so i you know i just think this is this is a game that miami should win miami should win the jets game miami should win easily win both buffalo games it's everything else that we've got to worry about and especially stuff on the road so i'm going to go ahead and pick the dolphins 23-20 at home and i see something very 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 similar um i think darno will play well he played i thought he played okay the last time that that we played against him but i think he's going to be limited this week he might not have robbie anderson he definitely does not have Bilal Powell. I think Bilal Powell, if you, if you just erase Bilal Powell, first of all, he had the touchdown when, when Raekwon McMillan absolutely blew that coverage. Ooh, that was terrible. Okay, if you erase – But that Gerald Baker did the same thing a few weeks later. 
Yeah, he did. But if you erase Bilal Powell from that that game, dare I say, well, they did have one turnover, if you remember, at around the 14-yard line. So they get a right. field goal there. I think the Dolphins, and I don't care what you do, you know, record this play back for me. I don't get, I don't care. I think the Dolphins would have won that game 20 to three instead of 20 to 12, which they did. Okay. Yeah, it could have been, it could have been a much. And remember that was, that was a fast start. They got yeah. out to a fast start in that game. Yeah. A rare. So, yeah. A very rare start. They, they got out Well, they got out to a 20 to nothing lead, but yeah, yeah Bilal Powell is extremely important, especially if you're trying to defeat the Dolphins, especially when their weaknesses, their linebackers in coverage. Mm-hmm. So I think the Jets are going into this game handicapped, but we're going into this game handicapped ourselves because, yeah. first of all, our, the walls in Davy are bleeding. And, <laughs> you know, we didn't mention it on this podcast, but Vincent Taylor was having a hell of a season. He's out for the year yeah, also. That's, that's a shame. Okay. And he's a guy who we're going to count on next year. Like, you could pencil him in right away. He's a starter next year at defensive tackle. He's, he's a player. Like, we found a guy. We found a guy late in the draft. But hell or high water, they're not going to get run on this game, or at least, you know, judging by the signings of, uh, of Ziggy Hood and S- Sylvester Williams. Exactly. I they think don't, that, they're going to put four 300-pounders out there if they have to. Yes. So they, they, are, they have, I think, the right idea for this game. Their only real handicap in the game is Brock Osweiler. I think he'll be safe and mm-hmm. safe enough. That's my fear. And they'll win as boring a game as you're going to find – but they will. They'll win it 20 to 13. Mm. Well, that is it. There is no more. Hopefully next week we'll have Simon as he'll be gallivanting about the United States. Maybe we get him on location. Who knows? See you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.